dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lines how's it going i'm trying to think can i do the annoying voice and the vaguely british accent at the same time and i settled on uh, annoying voice is more recognizable than vaguely british so i optimized for annoyingly high-pitched voice Yes, no, that the, the Worms voices are semi-iconic, but we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> well, so there, there it was. We played Worms Armageddon, and so, okay. I'm going to kind of roll my nostalgia experience into explaining this game, because my nostalgia experience for the, for the Worms series uh, is a mutual friend of ours from college. Um, I, I kind of knew about it before that, but... We had a friend in college who really loved this series, and and that's kind of who I think of when I think of this this entire franchise, because um, there's a bunch of these, and we played Worms Armageddon, which originally was a PC game in 99, and then literally the next year in 2000 was ported to the N64. So we played the N64 version, which came out in 2000, that I associate almost entirely with this one friend from college. Yes, and... uh and yeah, no, I, I, I actually played it in high school. I think actually probably if it came out in 99, I played it close to when it came out. Um, and uh, if not this, because there's been a whole sm- a whole slew of them, you know, uh, when they this went, one is like the third or fourth. This one isn't even the, the very beginning of the series. Oh, no, not even close. Um, they uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I played this one. Um, or, or, or one of its predecessors. The thing that I remember so crystal clearly was um, the, the holy hand grenade, man. That was my... <laughs> I, I've forgotten... On whatever version I played, you could go into the settings and you could mess with, you know, turning all of the side items on and up to infinity, you know? It's kind of like doing the all the bombs on, uh, on Smash Brothers, you know? Huh. Um, I wonder if they cribbed that configuration from games like this. Yep, very well maybe. But uh but yeah, we just ramped up those holy hand grenades and just kept tossing those until everyone expired and just giggling like a moron with all of all of the friends who were playing it was like, Oh no, I got you and oh man, that was that was the best. When we I feel like our generation somehow claimed uh Quest for the Holy Grail as our own, despite it tremendously predating us, right? Like it, it's 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 almost weird how much more I hear people our age talk about Monty Python. Yeah, even though they're like all old enough to be our parents. Like it's a it's a weird like claiming of the culture. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's it, it's one of those things that, you know, you go home and you're like, you know, hey, dad, man, I, I, I'm really into this new movie. And it's like, oh, really? What is it? It's, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And they're like, are you serious? Like that was that was old when I was your age, you know, <laughs> kind of a thing where it's like, like my parents watched that, you know, 
And uh, we're, we're like, no, it's this new thing. We we are the Columbus of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Look what I have discovered. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we're Col- we, we Columbus to Mar- Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, he never go full Columbus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you never go full Columbus. That's that's a my, mess. My favorite thing about uh, Quest for the Holy Grail, because now that's just what this episode is about, is uh, my friend had it taped off of. Uh, like a, it was like a bootleg version, right? So someone somewhere had a legitimate copy of it. And then he had like a VHS copy of that legitimate copy. Well, Holy Grail famously just smash cuts to black when they're arrested. I mean, spoilers for Holy Grail, I guess 35, 40 year old movie yeah. um, where they, you know, they're arrested. No, older than that. Jeez. They're arrested by the police. And then it just smash cuts to black and they do all the credits up front in the movie, like an old fashioned movie to make that scene possible. And him and I argued about whether or not that was actually where the movie ended for ages. Cause he was like, no, no, my dad said like, that's just how the movie ends. And I was like, but it doesn't make it. Cause you know, we were kids, I was like, but it doesn't make any sense. Like it just cuts to black. There's just nothing like the story doesn't get resolved. There's no nothing. Like, I think that, I think this video isn't finished and you just, <laughs> you didn't get the full movie. Like it took me years to accept that that is actually how that movie ends. And so then for my part portion of Monty Python, um, if that's what we're going to do, uh, is so have you played uh, any Hearthstone? I have not. I've never been a big CCG guy. You know, it's it's actually uh, I, I have it on my phone and it's it's one of my just, you know, play for five minutes. You know, I, I probably spent 10 bucks on it over like five years. Um, but that being said, is that there is a 10 mana, which is the most right 10 mana cost card in there called Dark Moon Rabbit. And it has rush and poisonous, which means that if, if no matter how much damage it deals, it kills the minion. Right. Um, rush means it gets to attack immediately and it also damages the minions next to whomever it attacks, right? And literally, it's just the picture of a rabbit crouched over several suits of armor. And I'm like, this is a Monty Python reference. And, and it's subtle. Yeah, <laughs> right? But, but again, that is how much Monty Python has pervaded our generation and culture to where it's just people just kind of expect for you to get why this singular rabbit would be a 10 cost card i forget what the actual rabbit's name because it's it, it's it has a name in the movie the enchanter is named tim right <laughs> some call me tim yeah. yeah um crap i think you're right i think the rabbit does have a name yeah because it's like a a, a a monster you know yeah well the the guide knows exactly what it is and they're like it's a bunny rabbit yeah anyway uh, yeah. we should probably at some point get back on track <laughs> at some point yeah uh so yeah so we played worms um yeah, worms armageddon um armageddon. yep but yeah so uh let's show a little bit um let's do it so we got some new uh followers on the twitters uh we got a couple new patrons last week um we got a couple really thoughtful uh podcast reviews that i cannot remember if i made you aware of or not but i promise you they were very sweet um all of that stuff is just an absolute delight. Like every time I get to start a new episode by saying like smart people came and said interesting things to us on the internet about video games and nice people left us thoughtful reviews that like have callbacks into old episodes and things like this. It just, it feels really, really good. Um, 
patrons obviously help us keep the lights on. So every time someone's like, I will give you some of my money that helps keep the show running. Uh, so we have to, uh, of course, make sure we call out uh, our 8-bit classic Michael S. and our 16-bit hero Jacob K. Uh, because everybody's money helps keep the light on. Uh, they just give the most money. So for them, the light shines brightest. Yes, because money is uh, money can be exchanged for goods and services and bright lights. You know, also peanuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all it's all money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so visuals? Visuals, yes. You yeah, have an well, outline I, of the show, you know how it goes. Yeah, no, it just feels like we got there faster. I feel like, I mean... Oh, I could explain that. Uh, neither of us have a particularly exciting nostalgia experience for this game. Yeah, I was gonna say, despite us faffing about for five minutes t- talking about Monty Python, this this part still came up faster. I'm like, uh, is this is this right? But, uh... Yeah, no, we're we're there, and it's... I, I knew, I, when I was actually writing out my show notes, I was like, huh... This is like two or three games recently that I'm just like, I'm, I'm boring about this. Yeah, no, actually I, I have a ton in gameplay. Um, visuals for this one for me was, was pretty sparse. Um, really? Cause there's a thing I have in my notes that I was like, he must've hated this. Well, I mean, to be, to be <laughs> fair, there was a bunch of like, like I said, game mechanic stuff that I kind of honed in on. And so, uh, so it, it is not for there not being anything to speak about on the visuals. It is just simply not where I leveraged my efforts. That, that's fair. There, there are lots of things with uh, visuals that I think we've both struggled in the past with. Like, uh, do I want to complain about how this looks or how this looks affects playing the game? Because it, it is, it is sometimes a difficult line to straddle. Um, so here's uh, kind of my my summary of my feelings on the visuals. Uh, they are fun, cartoony, very reminiscent of like Earthworm Jim, right? Everything feels like it's not shaped exactly right, right? Like there's a one of the levels is all like paint supplies and it's so like the, the can isn't like a perfect cylinder. It like kind of leans a little bit like it's skewed. Uh, one of the levels is all like football themed, but the helmet isn't really quite the right shape. It's like squashed a little bit like there's there's just stuff like that is pervasive throughout. There's totally recognizable shapes you know exactly what this thing is supposed to be but it's like it's just a little squashed or stretched or something like skewed a little bit and and that just made me think of earthworm jim yeah and or similarly to me toe jam and earl you know yes like where it's just kind of yeah, the, the 90s skewed aesthetic <laughs> yeah the rocco's modern modern life just kind of all of that you know um completely agreed uh and, and again i felt that the visuals for the sake of visuals i thought that they were charming you know, um, Super I really and, and the style has not really changed over the entire franchise. It basically looks the same, but in HD now. Right. And I'm, I'm wondering if they decided to make this worms where they were like, look, the entirety about this game is going to be about the, the game mechanics. We don't want to have to deal with, you know, having bizarre, um, you know, worms hitboxes. We don't want to have to deal with, you know, animating like some insane, you know, arms and legs and heads. So they're like, what, what is the simplest thing to animate? It is a worm. It is literally, you know, it's a rectangle, basically, you know? So they're like, all right, that's good. That's what this will be then. It will all be cartoon worms. I could see that that conversation be, having had happened because... All of their their visual resources, all their resources in general, are kind of poured into the weapons. You know, um, yeah, I, I would say there's the variety. 
of weapons mechanically is pretty huge, but they all also are pretty much impossible to confuse visually, even as small as the worms are on screen, because you have a fair amount of the level that's visible at all times, right? It's a strategy game. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, I think the three starter guns are the pistol, the shotgun and the Uzi, which you would Mm -hmm. think are all just like small gray blobs that are in the tiny pink blobs, little blob hands. But even with this level of, of, you know, visual fidelity, you could still see, oh, he's holding the pistol, he's holding the shotgun, or he's holding the Uzi, because it's really simple shapes. You know, the shotgun gets a little two-handed kind of gesture. The pistol is sort of held out like, uh, you know, kind of cowboys at high noon sort of gesture. And it's like, it's, it's a tiny, tiny difference. You wouldn't want to have to, like, slam on your brakes in your car based on this difference. It's not that clear, but it's clear enough that in the game you can tell that they they really emphasize like each weapon should look unique because they're going to play super unique so they should also look unique. Well and also too that you know there there is a timer uh for your for your turn and so uh they need to look unique enough to the point where if you equip the wrong thing that you are likely to see that you equipped the wrong thing. Like this <laughs> this isn't, you know, Final Fantasy 2 where whichever sword you have equipped doesn't, you know, super matter because you you ditched the old one the minute you got the plus five sword you ditched the plus four sword you know um you need to know which sword you have equipped because one of them isn't a sword it's a sword gun you know (laughs) (laughs) pin mightier than the sword pin gun mightier than the sword gun um (laughs) all this being said is i definitely screwed that up but that's not the point uh so so yeah i thought that the visuals were very very there in the same way that they kind of leveraged their energy on the mechanics being very varied with the weapons. Uh, the visuals were varied with the weapons as well. Um, this is a thing that we sometimes uh, split up between um, visuals and mechanics, but the hitbox, um, specifically with the... Okay, so the environment, as you blow it up, right, it, it, it changes shape, right? And what qualifies as still in front of you to where you can't shoot over it like a bazooka, let's just say hypothetically, you had a bazooka and you were trying to shoot somebody else with a bazooka. Um, the hitbox for no, you did not shoot over the ledge, you shot yourself on the ledge is uh hot garbage, in my own personal opinion. At least it doesn't feel right because I screwed that up more times than I can count. Yeah, and that there, there were two I don't understand shapes feelings. Uh, one was the hitbox when you're firing um, things that have large projectiles like the bazooka, right? Like the mortar or any of that stuff. Um, grenades bounce cartoonishly, right? So you don't want to accidentally hit a wall with those because then they go in w- very much the wrong direction. The The version of this that I found to be more teeth grinding is... I think Skyrim got its mountain climbing mechanics from this game. Because there are slopes that I was like, oh, I, I should be able to walk up that. And then I couldn't. And it completely screwed up my plan because I couldn't climb over that slope that I expected to just casually walk over. And then there were other times that the CPU would just like, you know, get onto its horse and put on its Dovahkiin helmet and just do 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 straight <laughs> up the side of like a sheer vertical surface. And I was just like, what? Like, 
why can you climb that but i can't climb this like gentle three degree like wheelchair ramp like what is happening here and i just i couldn't the materials aren't different like they they look different but there aren't any materials in the game where it's like oh this performs like metal and this performs like slippery sand or anything like there's not none of that right so I, I think slippery? if you're on like lo- like sand dunes like loose i mean glass is slippery did you mean glass <laughs> <laughs> okay listen i know i know because of your liquid paper white skin you didn't spend a lot of time at the beach but if you've ever tried to climb a steep hill that's made out of like sugary sand it is not you don't have a good time Um, okay that's fair (laughs) did you mean glass you (laughs) um no i didn't so but so i i consistently felt like i couldn't tell by looking at a slope if that was a slope i could definitely get over right there there was too wide of a range where i felt unsure um and then there were definitely a lot of times i literally shot the ground right in front of my feet because i was like oh i'm gonna shoot down at an angle and then nope like just for whatever reason that time it decided to make contact with the floor two feet in front of me and i will say uh to your point agreed yeah i mean that 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 happened a number of times and we'll get into this in mechanics but the cost of that mistake is not small. <laughs> but, but that being said is that uh, I, I will say that, so visuals for the sake of visuals, charming, you know? Uh, visuals and how they service gameplay is really, it, it's, it's really double-edged. Because like I said, I, I really like the fact that I can quickly look at, a, uh, look at a weapon to tell you exactly what I've got equipped and then theoretically how it's going, the, the weapon's going to handle once you kind of internalize how it's going to handle. Um, but the way that the game telegraphs what you have available to you to make a sound tactical plan, you know, um, for you to think tactically and strategically is not great, you know? So uh, to your point, you know, where you're saying like, okay, I need to go from point A, I need to walk from point A to point B and then do thing C in order to have effect D. And you've got 90 seconds or whatever to, to do that. And then as you're doing it, you know, you then spend 20 of those 10 seconds trying to crest this one hill. And then you can't. You're like, well, I was planning on dropping a stick of dynamite on that worm's head. That's something I have to be really close to do, you know. Um, and now I can't do that anymore. So now you're suddenly struggling to come up with a last minute, last ditch effort plan, uh, which doesn't necessarily work. So, um, yeah, I did feel that that you know, it's not very cut and dry what you can move through, what you can't move through, um, what effect some of your weapons are going to have on the environment ultimately. Um, and then, and we'll get into this more in gameplay, but, you know, some of the ways the computer is able to manipulate the environment far outstrip what any human could look at and then assess as like a possibility, you know? So sometimes the computer would do things where I'm like, yes, that is fine. Like you, I, I don't think that you cheated, but at the same point in time, there is nothing about this game visually that would have told me to even consider that as an option. I saw the computer one time thread a bazooka missile through a, uh, a tunnel I had burned through with the blowtorch and hit me. And I was like, I would not have guessed that the size of this hole was such that you could arc 
because he shot it up he wasn't like in line with me he shot it up so we arced backwards and then and then flew far enough into the tunnel to hit me and like visually there was no way i thought that that was a possibility you know so like i don't i don't have a good solution to it because you it's a kind of a sandbox game in the sense that there's no way that the developer could say this is the myriad of different ways to interact with every single environment but I will say that there are definitely sometimes when things could happen that I did not anticipate happening. You ever play pool with someone who's way, way better than you? No, but I have seen people who are way, way better than me play pool. And yes, this would be a similar feeling to that. I I feel like that feeling is similar because so much of when you want to grind your teeth and say the computer cheated is these super tight angles, right? this incredible precision where it's like, okay, they're going to shoot a bazooka missile up in the wrong direction, knowing that they have to go over this small obstacle and then the wind will catch it. And then they will hit me on the other side of the friggin' map. And because this is a four by three game, right? N 64. The fact that they can draw that line across several screens of scrolling right all the way over there all the way over here i feel like a human could get that good i have seen people who can do trick shots in billiards right like i know it's possible but it it feels like there were times that the computer made trick shots against me where i just wanted to be like okay (laughs) i don't feel like you and i had access to the same visual information that you use because i wouldn't have positioned myself here if I realized that bouncing the eight ball off of the cuckoo clock in the next room was a thing that you could reasonably do, right? right. <laughs> like it just, it, and, and, and I, I know this is, it sounds very mechanical, but I, I think it's important to frame it visually because if they are two or three screen scrolls away, cause some of the maps are very wide. If they are two or three screen scrolls away before I like stop positioning my worm, it's really hard with that timer counting down to think what insane, you know, trick shots could they possibly pull off from the other damn side of the map? Because I don't have the whole map in front of me. It's, it's hard and you can't zoom in and out, right? Like zoom out, see the whole thing, zoom back into like the, the play size, like that would actually be super useful or a longer timer or faster scrolling or something. But like some of those angles, man, like it just, I, I wish it almost left a, a like a, a longer trail so that I could point at the screen to whoever's sitting in the room with me and be like, you see this, you see this. Crap? <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually here's my kind of um, thought on a way to approach this. That could have been, been better. I, I don't know if later worms games did this. Um, and, and honestly, it's a little antithetical to the overall aesthetic of like wacky zany fun. But is that you know give me give me some kind of a a trajectory line for my projectiles you know so like when i'm firing the bazooka you know if i say like okay you know let me and 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 again it's not a a programming line where i'm saying like angle it at this with this amount of strength and then it will do the exact thing i want but more so if i angle it this way and am able to put this much strength behind it what will it do you know so, so basically, I'm, if I, I'm kind of imagining the way like a lot of golf games. Yes. Where it says like, where you say, here's my angle. I'm going to take this angle. I'm going to use this club and I'm going to put this much strength behind it and goes, this is where the ball is going to go. If you do that, and you're like, cool. And then 
it takes all that away and then you have to angle it and put the because I still like the idea of holding the trigger for how much power you're putting behind it and for you to be like okay if, if I do full power oh no that's not what I want so I really need like three quarters ish power so you're like okay I know about what that should feel like you know um I think that that would have been helpful because having no visual aid for what's going to happen with the incredible myriad of weapons and the incredible and then with each weapon being able to angle it in almost an infinite number of ways and then being able to with some of them put almost an infinite number of variations of power behind it it's kind of difficult to predict what's going to happen which is hypercritical in a tactical strategy game right and some projectiles are influenced by the wind and others aren't so you have to memorize like okay i see that the wind is blowing right because you haven't not only can you literally see like things falling in the background but you've got your little windometer in the the bottom uh, right corner which is super useful right just like in golf it's like yeah this is where your ball would go if the wind was dead right 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 so like you're you're making basically the exact same kind of calculations you'd make in golf what this I, is golf it's golf it, it's golf um it's like hot shots golf it's cartoony golf right um <laughs> but what i think is uh and and just in case i forget to tie this back later uh later i'm going to talk about how steep the learning curve is on this game and what we're talking about would give you a lot more welcoming visual like that visual would be a lot more welcoming right it would it would change the ability for you to go from a total noob to I have a rough idea of how to shoot people in the face because this game often feels like the computer can see that line, right? I mean, and, yeah, I, I think the computer absolutely can't because I think because the computer's drawing the line, like it's got to. Well, but but when you program good enemy AI, you don't give them access to information that the player wouldn't have. I think it had access. To that <laughs> I think it I'm totally does. Confident. Yeah, yeah, but, I think it totally does. Um, like it's it's yeah. it's the agent smith it's a no that's what the computer feels like it feels like agent smith you know where it it's like the difference between you you and smith is that smith must follow the rules but you can bend or even break the rules it's like man i'm not neo and i'm not even morpheus man i'm like <laughs> i'm like the guy who who's who, who who's eating the steak like doesn't go into the matrix regularly whatever his name was cypher i guess i don't know um, uh, yeah i think that actually is right Ah, oh, sweet swinging a hit but uh but yeah no i mean so so yeah no i i think that i totally think you could see that line um and i think that too in the, for this particular visual that we're hypothesizing um you know make it able to turn it on and off you know because i mean that 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 is a simple options menu thing once you program that in being able to turn it off has got to be banana simple right so well, I mean, the, the trajectory exists. The game yeah. knows what it is. We just can't see it. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, just give me access to this information and allow me to turn it off. So that way, I mean, it would be great because you and I, when we were first starting to play, we could just sit there and, you know, figure out the game and all sorts of stuff and then say like, okay, uh, let's do a couple with the, 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 you know, telegraph turned off. And it's like, this is going to get stupid. It's like, yeah, it is. Especially because I like the idea of being able to turn it off because then what that would probably incentivize is way more, way less crazy trick shots and way more running up to somebody, tossing them dynamite and running away because you're like, I'm not going to, which is what I did. You know, eventually what the, the, the trick shots that the computer was doing <laughs> and my skill level forced me into a weird c- gameplay style where I was way more like Krieg in Borderlands where just Most like a of, mad bomber. 
Yeah, we're like, <laughs> I, I went with the sure thing, and the sure thing was running up and being like, hey, here's a proximity mine, bye, and then just, you know, running across the screen, like, huffing it, like, oh, man, that, I can't be here when that goes off, and then, uh, or, you know, Dynamite, I used a lot, um, I used a Hadouken, or I think it's called Dragon Ball, a couple of times. Uh, it's called Dragon Ball in the menu, but I think the voice line is Hadouken. It's Hadouken, yeah. Um, baseball bat was one of my, one of my besties liked, uh, liked home running people. Uh, but yeah, all of it was very in, in a game where there's so many different ranged weapons and stuff. I was very melee driven. That, that um, feels on brand for you. <laughs> <laughs> and especially like, I remember at one point I was playing and, um, it was, I had one worm left and he had two and they were both like in this area that I couldn't really get to. So I just teleported like right next to them. And like, it, it, if I go out, I'm taking you with me. You know, I just want to be right in your face when all of this goes down. And I died and I lost, but when I exploded, I hurt them too. And that was the, <laughs> that was the key. I went out swinging. Yeah. So, and I, I don't, I don't want to spend too much more time on this, uh, you know, golf shot arc that absolutely should be displayed in the UI. Um, but the last thing I want to say, just in case I don't forget for later is, uh, there's an easy way to make this not completely break the game, which is, uh, don't factor in wind, right? Show, show the arc as if there was no wind. So then the player has to account for the wind, uh, and don't factor in ricochet. Cause a lot of things bounce, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you give the player a little bit of information visually, right? This is an important visual we're talking about. That's why it's in yeah. the visual well, section. We've been talking about visuals the whole time. Absolutely. Obviously. We have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so you give them that little extra bit of visual information, but you don't give them perfect information that accounts for all of the other mechanics. And now you've given them like now you've given them a bike helmet as opposed to training wheels. And I think uh, sometimes I would like to have a bike helmet on. Um, that actually does uh, bring me to something I wanted to make sure I mentioned. There are a lot of really cute little touches that I think the longer you play this game, the more you would forget that these are even happening. Like, you know, there's the girder. You can like construct the girder when you're positioning the girder. You have a little yellow construction hat on. And when you're using the, the shore, you or the Hadouken, uh, you have the little red bandana on. Right. And like, and then it just like disappears. Right. Like, and I, I really, but you put it on, I think you, you tie it on. It's kind of cute. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of little, visual touches like when you die they look right at the camera and then they you know do the like wily coyote tnt plunger and explode themselves like there's a lot of little visual touches that do not need to be there but they lend a tremendous sense of polish that i i always appreciate when i see that stuff because i'm like somebody cared enough to draw a little yellow construction hat on this stupid little cartoon worm Thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> because I think that, and again, it's in service of that kind of zany gameplay, but it's, it's it lends itself almost to a more Mega Man feel in the sense that it's not that you, like, it, you're not placing a girder. You're now girder man, you know? Like, you're not, um, do you know, equipping a Hadouken. You, you, you are taking on, you are now a martial arts expert, you know? Um, so it's, it's kind of like you're, you're downloading the, the program file. But again, it, it makes it feel like for that one minute, that worm has that particular skill, ability, whatever, you know, which just sells it. It gives it a, a better feel. Like it's, this is, I think the video game equivalent of talking about like mouse feel with like food, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. Where it's like, 
it, it, does it does it strictly improve the flavor and all this sort of stuff? No, but if it's not there, it's just not quite right. You yeah. know? Yeah, if every time you bit into a Cheeto, it felt like celery, you'd be like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> uh, it's not quite right. It's not it's not wrong. It's 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 uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> um the only other thing that I really wanted to make sure I mentioned for the visuals, which I realized uh when you started talking about the visuals, wait. He has a stronger memory of this game than I do. That's why this didn't drive him nuts. It took me longer than I'd care to admit to differentiate the background from the foreground. So there were a lot of times I was like, I'm going to shoot this dumbass in the face with my bazooka. And then <laughs> I would blow a hole in the wall right in front of me, a gigantic <laughs> hole. And the recoil from the explosion would launch me often into the water to my death. And I, I really, once I realized what was happening, I was like, Okay, I need to determine what the difference is between the background and the foreground. And it's literally just saturation. Everything Mm -hmm. in the foreground is highly, basically 100% saturated. Everything in the background is muted out like it's further away. And I was like, okay, there, I'm good. And I never shot myself in the face again on, you know, what I I shot myself in the face for other reasons, not for that (laughs) reason. But I was like, this is so annoying because you have to deconstruct the level right like Mm. so knowing what's in the foreground and in the background super matters because sometimes you are trying to shoot the wall down other times you are not trying to shoot the wall down so knowing if the wall is going to get shot or not like that's visual information the player needs yes absolutely uh no that did not bother me even a little bit but i'm good at video games so uh I for, see. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and and that's and I get that. You know, I mean, it, it, it sometimes is is difficult to see the skyscraper from the point of view of an ant. But uh, <laughs> just sorry. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know why I'm being such a jerk. Anyways, that's not the point. Um, no, I, I do. <laughs> although I do think that my um my prior experience of this game did just it just clicked for me. Like I didn't I didn't struggle with that, but uh, I could see I could definitely see how somebody could. But yeah, it's it's. Kind of like where uh, it's like run like the wind. It's don't you mean wind? I've only read the word, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, it, when, yeah. once you know the mechanic of the level is sometimes a thing you have to shoot, then like it, it clicked, right? Then you see the, the, the illusion and it, it's fine from that moment on. But until I realized, oh, shooting the wall is a thing I sometimes have to do on purpose. It didn't, I just wasn't thinking of the world as a thing to shoot. I was thinking of worms as things to shoot. And it was like, sometimes you spawn in a level and it's like, oh, the only way for me to get from here to there is to shoot the wall a bunch. Yep. Or you, yeah, I, I was a big fan of the, uh, of the blowtorch. Yeah. Was always, you even, you kind of go like up like a gentle, sort you, can, of you can angle it three ways. So yeah. you can angle it dead, even up at a 45 down at a 45. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it was, I did have a weird experience where, um, it, the, the game, this was one of the ones that I played where it was just a brutal slugfest where, you know, like it went on for way too long. And eventually I was, my worm was a completely across the stage. The other one was like in a, and their worm was in a pit, you know? So uh, I used a blowtorch to get like three quarters of the way to this dude. And then just took 20 steps back and started bazooking my way the rest of the way through this tunnel I had made. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not like could you imagine like coal miners or something you know <laughs> like 
making an actual honest to God tunnel and being like, I, I don't know, man, we're out of all of our pickaxes are broken. What's the next step? All right, it's time for the bazookas. Maybe, maybe that's where dynamite blasting first started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, my, yeah, but, my arms are tired. I don't want to swing this pickaxe anymore. I got this dynamite. It's this stinks. It's like, man, well, and, and they just look over and they see a kid playing with fireworks and they're like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Dinah, what are you playing with there? <laughs> it's something I might want to get involved with. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. Um, do you have anything else for the visuals? No, that's absolutely the note we have to go out on for visuals. <laughs> okay. Um, so this game, like several we've played recently, uh, which is just, it's always weird when we like bumble our way into these bizarre little patterns. Uh, this game doesn't have a lot of music. Like there's a little bit all the time, but it's like really subtle and kind of quiet ambient music. It has a melody, like it is a tune, but it's really ducked, really, really quiet. Um, the title screen has a little bit of like a fanfare. Some of the menus have like a little bit of fanfare, but there's not, there's really not a lot of music in this game, or at least, I don't know, maybe there's later friggin' musical themed levels I didn't get to, but like, there's just not a lot of music. It's kind of a, it's quiet. The whole focus is on the voices and the explosion explosions. Exactly. No. And, and I think that, well, first of all, there's tons of music once you get past level 10 and deathmatch, obviously. Um, but, but that being said is I think, um, I think that the reason behind that is what I'm sure you're about to lead into, which is that this is another game that we played recently where the audio information that they're actually driving to the player is super important. You know, they are, they are actually leveraging the audio pretty heavily in this game to inform you of, of things that are happening. The, the easiest, most low, the lowest hanging fruit to point to is the amount that you have charged your gun before you shoot it, like the bazooka, you know? It goes like, shh, sh- and then it fires, right? So the fact it, it, it gives you a little visual on, you know, the, the strength of the gun, right? But the audio also helps. So if you eventually wanted to do those wild trick shots, right, you would need to, I think it would almost be easier to hear when you needed to fire the gun as opposed to see when you needed to fire the gun, you know? Yeah, so, you, uh, you kind of end yeah. up like it's not triangulating because it's only two pieces of information, but you you start to um oh no, the the third one is your finger on the button. Haha. You start to triangulate <laughs> how to get the result you want from the you know the feeling of pressing, you know, depressing and then releasing the button, the sound effect, and the visual. I did it. I came up with three things. And uh I, I'm I'm always surprised. like as we've you know been critiquing stuff you would not go to most people who've played this game and say how important is the when you're firing the bazooka or throwing a grenade or whatever they'd be like what oh right the the the, yeah the noise it makes yeah i guess and it's like no super important you just didn't know it but your brain did exactly no and and that type of insidious is the wrong word because that implies malintent yeah, that, but yeah, it's a pejorative <laughs> uh, that sub- being, subconscious maybe? yeah um yeah so that that type of insidious information that they're feeding <laughs> into your brain uh it, it is that where it is it is very um subliminal as opposed to the images which are super liminal uh but <laughs> they're the feeding 
<laughs> Join the Navy. Eh, okay. Uh, but they're, they're feeding you that type of information constantly. And I think it's because they really are trying to give you as much information as possible. So that way you can make informed decisions. Um, especially if you're sitting there watching worms explode. Uh, they're the sound that the little uh, shrap- fire shrapnel makes makes a distinct sound. Um, the sound of an airdrop makes a distinct sound. The, the sound of the sheep fired from the sheep gun makes a distinct sound, you know? <laughs> and, and again, it's, it's all so that way it can kind of help cludge the, uh, the, the cognitive load that you're chugging trying to make all of these decisions, you know? So that's kind of why with the visuals where we said like, oh, man, sometimes you just can't tell what you can get away with. I definitely don't think that they were trying to make that arcane. I think that that's an error because they were just trying as hard as they can to feed you as much information as you can because they don't want it to be their fault that you didn't know that health pickup was there. It's your fault. So the fact that, you know, they say like incoming and then the sound of a jet every time and the sound of a thing hitting the ground every time. It's like, man, if you missed that, I mean, if you were in the other room, you would know <laughs> that a health drop just hit, has hit the ground. So we're trying we're trying to get your attention and the amount of noise and, and, and not actual music, but fanfare behind the thing is proportional to how much they want to draw your attention to it. So, for example, the you know, shh of the, the gun, right? It's like, well, you're already firing the gun. You kind of, you, you should be paying attention at that point. If you're in the other room and you're just hammering down the button on the, the, <laughs> the gun, right? Just hoping for the best. I mean, that's kind of on you, right? But, uh, but when ammo or health drops are coming in, uh, the camera pans up to it. It makes a very distinct, like, flying noise it makes a dropping noise the worms comment on it you know like there's a whole lot of of audio cues to be like this is a thing you should be aware of because it could very well be game changing okay so you, you said the worms comment on it we we gotta we gotta talk about the voices right like yeah yeah you you called them uh iconic um and i was surprised how not annoyed by them i was like i really because there there's what half a dozen or more voice options in this version of the game i'm sure the pc version had like a million voices but like the n64 one i think has like half half a dozen or so um voice options there's the the super iconic like like bye bye right really high sounds like a small little creature um, but then there's a couple that are obviously like celebrities. It's the very nineties, you know, let's incorporate celebrities in here that children may or may not even know who we're referencing. Right. One of them is kind of a Stallone Schwarzenegger eighties, like, you know, like, like I'll be back kind of like that sort of, I don't think they go that close to an obvious reference, but it's that sort of speaking pattern. Um, but it's not high pitched, right? It's, it's like right. a no- more normal, uh, masculine register. Um, there's another one that I was like, oh, this is definitely supposed to be some celebrity, but I have no idea who they're parodying here. But there were, there was a bunch of phrases that were too specifically phrased. I was like, this is referencing a real person or a character that an actor played repeatedly or something, but there's, there's just a just enough, just enough variety that i didn't find myself being like stop 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 it right like it's (laughs) it's it's it is very repetitive like no question you will eventually hear the same voice lines over and over and over but there's 
enough explosions and shenanigans and things popping and airdrops and items coming in and stuff like there's enough sounds between that that it breaks it up a little right because because what i often think of is like you ever played uh like mortal Kombat or street fighter with a friend who wasn't a good friend and they used like a cheap uh series of combos you couldn't break out of so like mm-hmm. in mortal Kombat 2 you could do the scorpion uh, like, get over here. Yeah. And, and then you have to hear that over and over. Right? right. Or someone who just stands in the corner and just goes, and it's like, stop, stop, stop. This is going to end our friendship. You have to stop. Our friendship is going to die with the penultimate sound of a Hadouken and then the ultimate sound of me punching you in the face. Right. <laughs> like it's just, it never gets to that dark place. You, you think it would for how repetitive some of the voice acting is, but it's, it's thinned out enough that you're okay. Well, and I, I would make the argument that um, it's because the first of all, I, I I found the the worms' voices charming. You know, again, like with the animation. I, yeah, no, that's it's a good word for it. Um, but uh, I think that's because the negative ones are always spread out enough that it's not going to bother you. So you know, generally speaking, there's no there's no Hadouken button where, you know, there's no thing that a worm can spam that's going to, you know, frustrate you like that, where it's like, oh, well, I guess they're calling in another airdrop. It's like, no, I mean, you got one of those, you know, and you can't even use it until like five rounds in, you know, so, so you're not going to see that a lot. And, uh, and even the, you know, bye bye, you know, like that, which would be annoying if you were constantly hearing that. Um, Two things is one is that sometimes that's a good noise because you killed the other guy. Um, but then also too, the, normally a fair amount of time passes between each one of those, you know? So I'd say that, that, you know, there's, there is never a point where the dot wave file is being spammed at you where the emotion associated with that is a negative one, you know? Whereas if you hear, I do, I mean, I do, I remember playing street fighter two recently where I was like, I swear to God, if the computer Hadoukens <laughs> me one more time i am going to punch ryu in the dick <laughs> and then i did um because he did uh i think the the, 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 the one other annoying one of that with the hadouken stuff like that the the noise that still keeps me up at night is the and this is a weird one it's the sound of somebody putting up their shield in smash brothers which it makes it very like it's kind of like a flip sound you know like mm-hmm. a right the reason why is because we had a mutual friend in college that I lived with and you can do, you, you can do that and do a speed dodge. And he had finally mastered the technique of speed dodging to the point where, you know, you just, he would dodge around you, grab you and throw you. And then like you'd go to swing and he'd just keep dodge, 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 throw, dodge, 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 throw. And I was like, and literally I just paused the controller because I was angrier than I had been in some time in my life you know like i again i was i was still in my 20s you know i was young you know we're all more impulsive back then but i had not been that angry in some time i just put the controller down and i said we're done and he (laughs) and he was like like oh what are you mad that you're losing i'm like it is going to take us 15 minutes for you to kill me once and i have four more lives left i'm not willing to dedicate an hour to this endeavor we're done. And he's like, oh, do you want to play some more tomorrow? I'm like, no, you don't understand. We're done forever with this game. I will never play this with you again. And I am a man of my word. 
<laughs> that was the last time we ever played that game together. Well, I mean, to be fair, he he wasn't playing it, right? He was because that's not fun. That's not playing the game. It yeah. it completely violates the spirit of the game. It's like someone who says, you know, oh, well, there's there's nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play basketball. It's like, yeah, I guess. But I mean, generally speaking, I don't expect you to sick your Rottweiler on me while I'm, <laughs> while I'm making a free throw. The uh, the exemplar of that, because it's actually a, 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 a this is completely a field, but we'll, we'll bring it back in a second. <laughs> but um, the the exam uh, the, the the name of that is, is, is it's social norms, right? Is that not everything's in the rules because we expect for social norms to be consistently in play. So when you're playing a video game and you're playing it for fun, you know, if there is a way to break the game, you know, it's like, well, that's not the point of it, right? The exemplar that. Um, I, I heard once that I've always latched on to, which is to say that if you and I sit down and say we're going to play a game of chess, it does not say anywhere in the rules that I can't break a chair over your face, which means you can no longer play the game, which means that you forfeit and I win. Right? And it doesn't say it in the rules. No, it doesn't. But generally speaking, when playing a game of chess, one expects to not get chair faced. So... You know, so so yeah, it's 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 that. Um, but no, I I did not have anything in this game that made my blood come to a rolling boil like uh like it did in that particular instance. Yeah. Um, the the one thing that is, I think, even close to, in 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 my experience, uh, being borderline annoyingly repetitive. It is annoyingly repetitive, but it's in a super condensed time horizon, which is. If a bunch of worms fall down and are like bumping into each other. So if a bunch of worms are like near a slope and you throw a grenade at them and they all kind of slide or they slide into each other, like down the slope or whatever, then they do the like, ouch, 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 ouch. They designed the friction, I guess the coefficient of friction is relatively high. So even on those really steep, you know, Skyrim mountain slopes that you can climb with a horse, uh, they don't slide endlessly. They slide into each other. It's annoying for a second because they're all now they're all crying out in pain. But but that quickly ends. And that yeah. situation does not come up very regularly. So even the closest example I can think of to this noise is annoying partially because it's repetitive, partially because it's being delivered in this super high pitched voice that is otherwise perfectly charming, but you found a way to push it past the level of comfort. They still were like, Oh, but it's only going to take a second. It's like, Oh, it's just a second. Oh yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, I can deal with that. Yeah. And, and, and I think that uh, to your point is that it happens very infrequently because that would get super annoying if it was something that came up regularly. But to me, the way it, it just, it telegraphed in my mind was it's like, ah, ah, oh God, oh God, ah, God, oh God. You know, like, like everybody's just running into each other and like, ah, gee, ah, ah, shit. And you know, like that kind of thing. So, um, so it, to me, just like when, when Peter Griffin does that, you know, like if every episode had five minutes of him doing that, it would be mind blowingly annoying. But the fact that it's just occasionally happens, like ah, they're all running into each other. You know, and again, like you said, it ends regularly. And and I think that I found some joy in it simply because it was not eating up a lot of my life. Like if literally I, I had minutes dedicated to listening to this, I would have gotten <laughs> really annoyed. But what once in a while having to deal with it for, like you said, three to five seconds, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can deal with that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like any other 
silly cartoony thing. It's you, you just, you gotta be careful. You don't overuse it. Right. Cause a lot of like, uh, you know what I'm kind of thinking out of as a good parallel is like SpongeBob's laugh. Like his laugh <laughs> is heinous, oh, but yeah. I guarantee you if you watch an episode that there's probably a minimum amount of space between that noise that they either don't go under or if they do, they play it for laughs in universe where the characters are aware that his laugh is annoying. Right. Right. And so like that, that kind of, you know, Oh, we have this tool. Let's it, it's a spice, right? Don't, I would like some salt on my, my steak. I don't want a pile of salt that obscures the steak entirely. Like that's, then it's not good anymore. More that, salt is not better forever and ever. The salt content in that dish was 10% below a lethal dose. Oh, I shouldn't have had seconds. I do. I do still regularly say, uh, this is the saltiest thing I ever tasted. And I once ate a heaping bowl of salt. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, look, the plants got sick again. How come every time I cook, the plant gets sick? Try to explain that, professor, with all of your science. Anyways, God, I haven't seen that. I mean, how long has it been since those episodes air and we can still quote them? That's, uh, that, that is portions of our praise brain. or damning praise. Yeah, I don't know. But they, 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 the thing that I always bums me out about that is it's like literally I have areas of my brain dedicated apparently to that information, but there's like way more critical information that I forget you know, despite being told several times. So it's like, man, brain, could you, could you hang on to the stuff that I need you to hang on to and kind of delete out some of the more nonsensical stuff? It says, nope, TV quotes. Here you go. Thanks. Thanks, brain. Good, good job. <laughs> good, good braining. <laughs> Gameplay? Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot to say about the controls and mechanics. Um, but anyway, I wonder how many people have ever looked at the chapter markers and been like, it's not, where it's is gameplay. this, where is this section, the episode, um, the, the controls, I was actually a little, I didn't, you know, the N64, as we have joked about many times was not my, my console du jour when I was that age. And so every time we play an N64 game, I kind of look at the controller and I'm like, what's wrong with you? How did, how did you end <laughs> up like this? Um, this game actually has nearly identical controls to its PC contemporary. I know cause I checked <laughs> because I was messing with the aiming. Right. And I was kind of like, I don't know how to, I don't have a golf dotted line to tell me where my bazooka blast is going to go. Like, I, how am I supposed to aim? This is hard. And so it turned out that a friend of mine was like, oh, I have the Steam version of this game. And I was like, can I can I play it for like 30 seconds, just literally <laughs> long enough to see if these controls are any different? And they're not. They're exactly the same. And what I kind of stepped back and realized, I was like, okay, it's a beloved franchise. These controls are consistent on a keyboard and a friggin' N64 controller, which could not be much more different from each other. So I was like, they're they're like this for a reason. And what I realized is that the little aiming reticle is, what would you say? Like less than five worm lengths away from your worm. It's very close to you. Yes. Right. It, it's very close. So you only have a vague idea 
the direction you're aiming because there's no way that I'm aware of to draw that line further out or to move the reticle further away from you. Like that's all of the information you get. If you can imagine like a, a geometry textbook, like the, the little curve at the base of the angle where they write the number, it's like that far away from the joint, right? So, so you have very little information to go on until you've been playing the game a lot and you start to internalize this. But many of the weapons can be fired more than once on a given turn. And when you place the aiming reticle and you fire, when you get your second shot, it's right where you left it. So if you were a little high or a little low, you just have to make a small adjustment from right there and it stays there. You don't have to like balance the the thumbstick at a certain angle on the PC version. You don't have to like hold the mouse exactly at a certain spot so that it'll stay that way. So there, I don't think it's enough mechanical information to allow you to rapidly internalize aiming in this game. But I, I do think they made the right decision in saying we will leave it right where you put it. And so that you can look on the screen and like literally trace with your finger if you want to, and try and decide how straight that line is. Um, it, it's, it did not immediately stand out to me as, Oh, this is the right way to do this. But I, I honestly think it is. I think the weird ass way they <laughs> position the reticle with the thumbstick. I think it's actually the right way to do it. Given the fact that they don't want to show you like a trajectory arc. Right. Uh, yeah, no, the, 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 the main thing. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't struggle that much with the controls, but again, I think that a lot of it was because I just is carry over again. Hey, no, that brings it back. Weird stuff that my brain has held on to, right? <laughs> you know, that's, that's why we were talking about that before was that I could plant the seed so I could do a callback to it right now. Um, <laughs> balance. Uh, so, so I didn't, I didn't really struggle that much with that. Um, but the, the, the thing that, really hit home for me was just how punishing for one player mode is. Um, first of all, now I'm, I'm going to throw some things out there. Let me know if I'm, I'm cause I, I looked for it. I couldn't find it. Um, there's no difficulty setting on quick play. Is that accurate? I could not find one. Okay, cool. That is that, that was similar to my experience. Um, so there's one way to uh, uh, there's one way to quick play the game, and you want to play a quick game of worms. That's fine, but uh, you better know exactly what you're doing because there's 50 different weapons. They all behave wildly differently. The game tells you in no way how they all behave, and the computer is an expert at using all of them. You know, you are going in like learning how to aim with a Nerf gun, and you are going up against five Navy SEALs. You know, it's <laughs> it's like. Teddy and a bunch of first graders all going in against a bunch of Navy SEALs. And eventually, after years of practice and training, I have no doubt that when they all turn 18, that that group of first graders could potentially hold their own with the Navy SEALs. But as it stands right now, the Navy SEALs are winning big time. And the 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 issue that I have with that is not, I mean, take a game like Dark Souls, right? I mean, like that, <laughs> it's, it's borne out that that type of thing of saying, like, you are a small person as much grander thing uh can work one kind of feel that that feeling is antithetical to the complete aesthetic of the game right you know yeah, th- this is not meant to uh be a contemporary of dark souls correct or, 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 uh, a colleague of dark souls yeah yeah this is this is not you know meant to be uh you know like a look at how small you are and how uncaring the universe is now get your <laughs> zany worms together and shoot each other like that that's 
That doesn't sound right. Um, it, it, so it, it's it's antithetical to to the aesthetic. It's also antithetical to the gameplay because if you if you make it so that way the cycle time right. I mean, like between because basically once you go down a worm, like it's it's one or two mistakes and and it's pretty unrecoverable, you know. So even though like oh well, I've still got one worm. It's like yeah, you got one worm, but they got five. And again, you're a first grader. They've got Navy SEALs. This isn't going to be a kindergarten cop scenario. Um, <laughs> so. So with all that being said, it's what that does is it quashes exploration, right? You don't try all the new things because, hey, you know, if, if this one turn or this one action goes wrong, well, I've got like 15 other actions. I'm kind of ahead. So I can, I can take a risk with this one. It's like, nope, even if I play the game from my seat perfectly, there is a high likelihood that I'm going to lose within the first five turns. Even though the game won't be over, I'm going to lose in the first five turns. You know, so... Man, it just, it, it, I literally had to just take a breath and make peace with the fact that I was going to completely lose for a while just to even try most of the weapons and see how they worked. And I don't think that that's what they were going for. No. And, and this, so this was my experience because I, I had put my hands on this game before this playthrough, but so, so fleetingly that the, I was coming to this with pretty fresh eyes, right? Um, but you had played it before, so it still technically counts. Um, I, I, uh, I, I tried to go through the tutorial, and the tutorial is just a complete waste of life. It it does not give you nearly enough information. And just quick uh, throwback to visuals: there are instructions on the tutorial screen and on the mission screen, like before you actually start the combat encounter. It's like here's what you're going to be doing. Uh, if you hold down on the thumbstick, the text scrolls. There is nothing on screen <laughs> to indicate whether or not there is more text below the fold. So you just got to check every time. And that's bad design. That's just it's bad design in any game. It's just bad visual design, right? Like even if, if you're designing, imagine if I showed you a newspaper that had a single sentence on it, like you wouldn't then assume that the rest of the story is on the other side if you unfold and open up the newspaper you'd just be like oh i guess that's that's it right no they have all kinds of cues to indicate that there's more it literally says like continued on page eight right so this this is not that um once you even know what the tutorial wants of you uh they're garbage they're timed you're punished for failure they give you tasks without really making it clear how you might go about potentially completing those tasks. And then after I got through like a couple of the tutorials, I was like, all right, okay, I'm just going to go try uh, the missions, I guess, because like an idiot, I was thinking like, Oh, the story will follow a difficulty curve. It doesn't. They just immediately dump you into complicated scenarios and they're like, solve this problem. Genius. So that yep. was not a great experience. So unfortunately, I had this really circuitous route to get to quick play, which is where I should have started in the first place. And then it took me several rounds of quick play before I was like, okay, I got a bunch of crap in my inventory. I got a whole army of first graders that have to somehow kill these Navy SEALs. So I'm just going to burn a few rounds of quick play trying all the buttons right so i just on every worm's turn i would just be like what does this do what does this do what does this do what does this do and then after i had done that enough times i was like okay 
now I have enough crayons in my crayon box that I feel like I can color a picture that won't just be solid black, right? From, <laughs> from corner to I, corner. I, I think and, it would have been solid red, man. It, yeah, that's true. It, it would not have been crayon. Um, so that, that was frustrating because I was like this game, like the mechanics of the game seem really excited. I sure wish there was someone here to teach them to me. Right. Including the game. You know? Yes, the, it's r- just ridiculous. Like the learning curve is the learning curve expects that you're playing this with your friend who already knows how to play the game or that you're playing with your friend that doesn't know how to play the game. You know, they, I mean, because that's the thing is that the game and this is the thing is when literally my note says made to be played with two humans, you know, because if you're playing it with a human who is who is a Navy SEAL and you're a first grader. They'll teach you how to be a Navy SEAL. They'll walk you through and be like, ah, I wouldn't do that. Be careful with this. Watch out for this. You know, they'll, they'll, they will be your, your, your guide and mentor, right? Or they will also be a first grader and you'll just both just shoot each other in the face with nerf guns and laugh your butts off. You know, um, there is, there's just no, and again, you know, it's, it's like they, like you said, this, there's so much, the game seems so exciting and the visuals are so exciting and fun and interesting. And, and, and the, there, there's so many mechanics and there's so many different guns and, and you can pick up new guns and whoa, it's, there's just all this sort of stuff. It would be like if enter the gungeon, like all of the different guns were hidden by some weird arcane way to get at them or how to use them. You know, could you imagine if every time you picked up a new gun, you weren't in a room by yourself where you could fire it a few times and kind of figure out how it works. If like literally you picked up the gun and all of a sudden 50,000 enemies approach you, you'd immediately cycle back to your normal weapon and start using that because that's what you know how to use. Um, It's like going into the garage of someone who's really handy. Right. And they're like, you know, Oh, will you, uh, we grab a hammer over there and you just look at their, immaculate tool bench with things you don't even know the name of let alone what they're used for and you're just like uh is this the kind of hammer you want and they're just like no not not that hammer the no. other hammer the, the, this one no god forget it i'll no, just get it I, I, i'm obviously making a plumbus i need a certain type of hammer you moron i need a plumbus um, hammer idiot yeah <laughs> um and so I can also understand, though, you know, if you're making a game that's made to be played with two players. So, I mean, I think that before we really go too much further, we have to just establish this game's made to be played with two players, right? You know, this game is made to be played with not only other humans, but all future iterations of this game seem to have changed from this version of the game is that you can play with more humans. Yes. Like so the, the principal difference between the most recent version of the game, because I, some of the streamers that I follow have been playing it sometimes the the most recent version of the game compared to this one, that's 22 years old is, Oh, uh, five humans can play it instead of two humans, right? It's right. like, Everything else was working fine. More humans for more human shenanigans. Right. For more, for more of the lulls. Right. So, so I mean, that, that's the thing, right? It's so, um, game was made to be played that way. So I can understand that they said, look, we made a game to be played with two players. That's what we made. You can't play chess with one player. You got to play it with two, right? You know, you can't play, uh, solitaire with weight. Um, but you know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have two people. Okay, and then somebody's like, well, not everybody's going to have two people and we want to sell to those people. They said, okay, well, I mean, we'll, we'll throw an AI in there. And then they just basically said, okay, here's, here's an AI. 
it's basically God. You know, it's it, it, and that's why I'm just convinced that the AI is does know how the lines are drawn because I don't think they put any effort into it. And I get that that there's there's a limited amount of money, right? And if you wanted, if you had an extra ten thousand dollars, you're like, look, I can either make spend that ten thousand dollars on AI or spend the ten thousand dollars on the Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Which one of those two things do you want in this game? Holy Hand Grenade, hands down. Let me set the number of worms I'm fighting against. That's it. That's zero cost, right? So just let me say, I want five worms and I want to fight two. That's it. Because that way, even though they are gods, right? I, I got five guys. So I'll put, my two, <laughs> I'll put my two in the corner and they will just be figuring out that I have my R&D section of worms where they'll just be trying <laughs> out all of the different weapons on each other. You know, so, what so is you this have your, your James Bond worm and like your Q worm. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh my God, that burned him to near death, man. He's, he's almost on the floor. Hey, what's this dynamite do? Like, how does this work? And then I'll have my other three worms attacking the other two worms with their tried and true bazookas until the, uh, the, the boys in the back room come up with a, a, a triple axe hacker or whatever. It's no, that's, that's I'm <laughs> conflating two stories. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, a triple sling jigger. That's what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and then, and then, then all of a sudden my armies can now use that, right? Just, that to me is the failure. Everything up to that point, it's like, I get it, man. You made a game for two people, understood. You have a limited amount of money and you spent more time putting more zany stuff in the game, understood. Why didn't you just let me pick how many worms I'm fighting against? Like that, that, that to me is, is the failure, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I thought a lot during this playthrough about your nihilistic play style in some games <laughs> where you you're like oh uh i stubbed my toe better just kill myself and then you know you'll you'll just start a whole level or world or a section of the game or run over if you feel like that's the mechanically advantageous thing to do knowing that your time as the player has a high importance to you, right? Yeah. Like that's, you're, <laughs> you're not making that decision flippantly. It's that like, you know, you got stuff to do. So yeah. when I was in my experimentation phase and I was trying to come out of my, what do all the buttons do? You know, phase, uh, there were a couple times where like I loaded up and the worms were not positioned in a way that was particularly advantageous. And one of their Navy seals shot the floor out from underneath me. And like four of my five worms died in a single shot. And I just press start and then yep. quit back out. And then just press a as fast as I could to start another quick start game, which I mean, it's cartridge game. So it's all pretty fast, but I was just like, okay. Like I really wish there was a way to make this experimentation phase a little bit like, less reloady, you know, like I just, I, I want to experiment. I want to learn the game. Please let me play this game that I want to learn. Like it's, it really does not support that well. And because I didn't have a second controller, I couldn't play two player in this and then have it like have the other player just be no one who sat there idly. And if the game design is expecting you to do that, which granted, I don't think that it is, but that's, incredibly lazy right it's incredibly lazy to expect the player to say oh well if you want to test out how the moves work just 
plug in a second controller because we'll only allow you to play two player if there's two physical controllers plugged in. Plug in a second controller and then you can do whatever you want. Imagine the modern like Smash Ultimate with its roster of 7,000 characters. If Jillian, million characters. Look at me, how many characters there are. Yeah. Imagine that without the clean room that lets you just do whatever you want against whoever you want for as long as you want, right? In, in you know, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, like, yeah, you don't need the clean room in those early games because you just play the game and you'll figure it out. There's not that much to figure it out. Worms is on the other side of that dividing line. There is so much and the game does not tell you it just expects you to experiment and figure things out. And what really broke my heart about it is there's so much opportunity for fascinating, creative solutions to problems. Like, yeah, you can use the blowtorch to dig a hole through a wall. You can also use the shotgun. Like, you can, you know, you you can uh, try and use explosives to, like, get down to a guy who's below you. But you also have the little pneumatic drill that'll drill, like, straight down, right? Um, later you get a teleporter and you can, but you can't do anything else on the turn where you teleport. So where you teleport really matters. And sometimes if you're really lucky, you can teleport right next to a dude and fall on him and push him into the water, right? Like there's so much depth to the mechanics that it leads to tremendous opportunities for creativity. And the only way to tease that stuff out is by paying the, the cost of time. There's no, unless you have someone to tell you, there's no other way to discover that stuff. You have to just put in raw time and that's a bummer. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's, and, and again, this is where definitely my nostalgia goggles come into play, which is that I pretty much exclusively played this game with friends, you know, and we would just get together and nerf ball each other to death and just just laugh i mean just giggle until our parents came into the room and said guys go to sleep you know i mean it was it was a yeah, blast it's, it's, you know? it's four player goldeneye yeah yeah exactly you know it's, it, it was just it was so much fun and then i do remember playing this game a little bit on one player but at that point i had played it enough with friends that it seemed i had some idea of what i could do you know um yeah, it just it's just it's 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 an issue. Um I think too uh to kind of like kind of ebb off of that that flow which is that you know, as we said none of the the weapons kind of telegraph anything. Um like you said some weapons uh y- you can use multiple times and or still use a weapon afterwards like uh the parachute or the grappling hook, right? Um some of them you can't like and, and, and there's not now there is a mechanical reason behind it. So, for example, um, I understand if it was like, OK, if it's move related stuff, then you can use a weapon afterwards. You don't need to waste your whole move moving. OK, not true, though, with the teleporter teleporters movement based, but that shoots your turn, you know. So I use the teleporter first and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, man, I really need to get from point A to point B. But I don't want to use the parachute because that'll put me right next to the guy. And and then my turn's going to be over. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really have another option. So I just did it. And it was like, okay, you can keep going. I'm like, oh, wait, I, I, I can? Uh, oh, well, this is game changing. Here's a landmine. I'll see you later. And then you know, I ran off. But again, it just, without telegraphing that, it, it just, it just doesn't so, help. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to admit my own ignorance and defer to your worm wisdom. 
that information is not conveyed anywhere in the UI, right? Not to the best of my knowledge. Not okay. that I can discern. It doesn't tell you how many steps you can take, which weapons you can fire more than once, which tools you can use, and then also use a weapon, right? That that information just has to be experimented with and then memorized. Correct. And the worst part is that the the weapon that they default you to is a one and done. You know? Yeah, the so bazooka. Yeah, the bazooka, right? Like you fire the bazooka, you can move afterwards, and then your turn's done. Uh, you can move afterwards unless you take damage, which I actually do like that mechanic because I like the idea of, you know, you being able to move afterwards unless you screw up and hurt yourself, at which case then it's like, now you're done. So I, I kind of like that. But that being said is, uh, yeah, so that's that's your default weapon. So directionally, there's no reason to think that the majority of the player base would not have that be their first experience with weapons in the game altogether and thus extrapolate that all weapons work that way, you know? so until all of a sudden you find the exception to that rule and then that's almost more disheartening because all of a sudden like you know okay all weapons are one and done and then in my experience you use the parachute and it's like oh not all weapons are one and done i have now found the exception to newtonian physics that has now shattered physics you know because now i have to question all of the weapons it's like oh my god i just I just did one thing that caused literally brought up 50 different problems, you know? Yeah. It's, it's exciting. If you feel like you have time to now go plumb these depths and it's very frustrating if you're like, I thought this problem was solved and now I know it's super D duper D not right. And, and a lot of the things there, there's kind of like a value, that you can say like, oh, the the teleporter kind of broken, right? If you could instantly teleport anywhere, even just yeah. once, and then murder whoever you appeared next to, like, that wouldn't be very fun. Everyone would just use the teleporter as their first turn, and whoever went first would just win, and that would be that, right? Right. So it you you gotta say, like, okay, the this costs too many awesome points, and so all of your awesome points are going to movement on this one. This other one, only half of your awesome points are going to movement. So you can still work, but not everything because some of the weapons are so powerful that they take all of your awesome points. So you can't use an all awesome points weapon if you moved at all. And there's, I'm glad we're talking about this because there's the tiniest, teeniest little visual inside the weapon select menu to let you know you've already spent too many awesome points, which is something you can't use is kind of like grayed out. It's like Mm -hmm. sort of a pixelated kind of effect. It was the N64. They couldn't do much with those few dots, but like it, you can tell like, Oh, this is a solid icon. I can select that weapon or tool. This one, not so much, but by then you've already spent the awesome points. So hopefully you open the menu and you notice which things are now grayed out that weren't grayed out a second ago. And then hopefully you remember, I must have spent more awesome points than I can use to do that thing as a second order action, right? That's a hard way to learn that lesson, right? Because then there's just a lot of trial and error. Okay, I did this. Let me open the menu. Let me see if I still have enough awesome points to do this thing. Okay, these things are grayed out. These things aren't. Okay, now I did this. Let me see if I have enough awesome points. And I don't know how deep that goes. I think it's only two, but if it's even just three, that adds 
a network effect. Now you have many, many times the additional complexity. And if it's four, if some things you could do four things of on a turn because it's such a low, awesome points cost. Oh dear God. Like, <laughs> and all of that would be very in at an interesting and, and fun amount of depth. If it wasn't for the fact that you're getting curb stomped the entire time, you're trying to figure it out. Right. I mean, like, cause I could definitely say like, look, this game has, I would love to at this point in the show say this game has a complexity to which I do not have the time to really understand. However, if I had the t- I enjoyed the amount of time that I spent plumbing that depth and I imagine continuing to understand the complexity would, would continue to add joy to my life. Right. Um, but the, the, the issue is that, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're sitting there trying to like figure out, you know, how, how, physics problems work like you're going through your physics textbook and you're like oh my gosh like sine and cosine now actually have applicable meaning to my life like i can use these to calculate this and whoa wait what if what if i were to twist the cannon this way and fire it with an initial velocity of what and the whole time like somebody's just taking a baseball bat and just (laughs) clocking you in the back of the head with it you know like it's 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 like well i I, this would be fun if it wasn't for this (laughs) this other thing and so it's it, it they engineered themselves an either or situation which is uh first because everything you were just describing i was like man i don't have the time for that but some people would um but i definitely don't have the time to spin those plates on the the the, on the tops and and also uh get hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat i mean pretty much any activity other than be the recipient of a hit to the back of the head with a baseball bat is hard to do while getting hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat. If that's your objective, then it's super yeah. easy. If that's the only thing you've got on your your to-do list that particular day, then you know, then you're good. But if it's that and then subsequently anything else, um and that that I, I used to tell people that uh and they'd be like, Oh, well, you know, I don't have a time machine. I'm like, I have a time machine. I really am like, Yeah, it's a baseball bat that says time machine. That hits you in the head and you wake up in the future. You know? <laughs> and then they like look at me like Kind of either confused or horrified as to whether or not they get the joke. And I'm like, it's a teleporter too. Eighty <laughs> percent of the time, it teleports you to the hospital. Twenty percent of the time, it teleports you to a garbage dumpster. <laughs> but hospital or dumpster, it will be the future. It will. You will. You will. You will wake up in the future. Um, so, on that happy note, uh, we want to talk about whether or not we think it held up. Yeah, man. Do uh, what, what do you what do you think? you give this one so you actually just came really close a second ago to uh, my summary thoughts which are i have to admit that i think this game does not require nostalgia goggles i would say this game is no nostalgia goggles required with the two caveats that you either need a tremendous amount of time and patience because the game will not give you the mechanics you need to figure them out through studious patience right or and or that you only ever play this game with other people because like chess like tango like a dinner for two i believe this is an experience (laughs) meant to be enjoyed with you know one other person on this version or you know several other people on the the more modern versions that could support a bunch of players at once because Every person I talk to about this, every streamer I observe playing the more modern versions, they're all doing 
exactly what you described you did when you were a kid, just shooting yourself in the face with a bazooka and just laughing and laughing and laughing. And you can't really have that experience in the quick play single player. You can have the, Oh, I nailed this amazing trick shot experience. You can have the, I came up with a really clever solution to this problem experience, but the game isn't optimized for those things. The game is optimized for shenanigans and it's, it's just hard to enjoy shenanigans in a solo experience. Shenanigans is a group experience. That's why the word has so many letters. It's you bring your friends, right? So I, I weirdly, like I didn't really enjoy playing this that much, but I would say like as an artifact of game design, no nostalgia goggles required, but for the love of God, don't play it alone. (laughs) And so this is where I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to start working, you know, so, so I agree with you, no nostalgia goggles required. Right. Uh, but this is where the, the, the kind of new side taxonomy. So again, our show's nostalgia goggles, right? So that's, that's the rating, right? But there's a sub rating system that I'm, I'm working with, which is, is, um, how well made is the game, right? On one axis. And then how enjoyable was the game or the gaming experience on the other one? Right. So this game is lawful evil. Right. (laughs) So it's incredibly well crafted and was super not enjoyable. Right. (laughs) Because there are some games that are chaotic good. Right. They're just they're just tragic garbage games. But man, they're a blast and a half. Right. You know, and then there's Jekyll and Hyde, which is chaotic evil. Right. Because the game is just completely on fire and a misery to play. Right. And and that game, I think we could all agree some games just want to watch the world burn. Right. So this this game's lawful evil, right? You know, where I, I, I was just playing it, and I'm like, this this, this this there's so much here, and it's so well crafted, and the, the physics are so consistent, and, and 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 I hate this. I hate every second of it. I'm so angry right now. You know, like it was just so painful uh, for all the reasons that we said. It's again, you know, like it, it is in order for this this thing to go to lawful good, you you have to have a party. You know, like you need a full party of players, and I think that for each. Each additional person you add to the party, it goes up in alignment category, right? Until it's just this great, lawfully good game. But man, I'll tell you what, this this gaming experience, I, I would more than happily have uh, misjudged, shot that bazooka in my face and just said, Bye-bye! The curtain falls, the music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you lost for a while You gotta think back much less On how you saved the day Then on
on for the ride.